This is Barry Zalma, Zalma on Insurance. I'm an attorney who's retired from the practice of law and now spend my time as an insurance claims consultant, an expert witness, an author, and producer of these videos. Today I'd like to talk about some of the more egregious types of construction defects that bring about much litigation in the United States. Let's start with the sick building syndrome. Sick building syndrome covers a wide range of health problems that are related to toxin exposure in a building. There are serious questions raised by physicians and mold experts about the existence of a true relationship between the mold and bacterial infections that have been reported to be the cause of the sick building syndrome, or SBS. SBS is used to describe situations in which building occupants experience acute health and discomfort effects that appear to be linked to time spent in a building. But no specific illness or cause seems to be identifiable. The complaints may be localized in a particular room or zone, or may be widespread throughout the building. In contrast, the building-related illness, or BRI, is used when symptoms of diagnosable illnesses are identified and can be attributed directly to airborne building contaminants. There is, of course, more than one cause of SBS. However, the most frequently alleged causes include toxic fumes, bacteria growth, toxic gases, fungal spores, and so-called toxic mold. In some cases, building occupants complain of symptoms associated with acute discomfort, such as headaches, eye, nose, or throat irritations, dry cough, dry or itchy skin, dizziness and nausea, difficulty in concentrating, fatigue, sensitivity to odors and nosebleeds, shortness of breath and or exhaustion after minor exercises such as walking, a burning and watering of the eyes and nose, hoarse and sore throat, and heart palpitations. In other words, just about any possible symptom known to man can be attributed to SBS. Now, there are toxins in certain molds that have been suggested to be a medium that tri triggers asthma attacks in certain people sensitive to mold. The toxins may also act as irritants and can exacerbate asthma in otherwise non-sensitive people. Hypersensitivity pneumonitis has also been linked to both short and long-term exposure to molds. It may develop following either short-term, acute, or long-term chronic exposures to mold. The disease resembles bacterial pneumonia and is uncommon. 
pulmonary hemosiderosis is a lung disorder that occurs in infants and children which causes bleeding in the lungs. The disease is rare and the cause is unknown. Idiopathic pulmonary hemosiderosis is most common in young children but can occur in adults. Pulmonary hemorrhages are most often mild and continuous but can be severe. Blood in interstitial spaces leads to pulmonary fibrosis. Patients may live for several years developing pulmonary fibrosis and insufficiency with chronic secondary anemia. Some commentators have suggested the disease may be caused by exposure to mycotoxins produced by Stachybotrys charterum or other fungi growing in most household environments. The U U.S. Centers for Div Disease Control and Prevention have reported, quote, overall, the evidence from these studies was not of sufficient quality to support an association between Stachybotrys charterum and AIPH. In addition, the reviewers noted that evidence from other sources supporting a causal role of Stachybotrys is limited. First, AIPH is not consistent with historic accounts of animal and human illnesses caused by Stachybotrys or related toxigenic fungi. Second, clusters of AIPH have not been reported in other flood-prone areas where growth of Stachybotrys or other toxigenic fungi might be favored. Third, the Mold Disease Association observed in the Cleveland investigation was not observed in the investigation of a similar cluster in Chicago. This was a report from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention at its website, cdc.gov. A study concluded that Stachybotrum charterum produces the mycotoxin satrotoxin H, which is implicated in very high cytotoxicity and several environmental allergic reactions. The various papers concerning the toxicity of contact with mold spores has met with serious concerns that people can really be sickened by exposure to mold spores, and that is why there are multiple cases of litigation and appellate decisions dealing with the sick building syndrome. In addition to SBS, many cases of litigation have resulted from the so-called Legionnaire's disease, which acquired its name in 1976 when an outbreak of what was believed to be pneumonia occurred among persons attending a convention of the American Legion in Philadelphia. Later, the bacterium causing the illness was named Legionella, 
Patients with Legionnaires' disease usually have fever, chills, and a cough, which may be dry or may produce sputum. Some patients also have muscle aches, headaches, tiredness, loss of appetite, and occasionally diarrhea. Laboratory tests may show that these patients' kidneys are not functioning properly. Chest x-rays often lead to a diagnosis of pneumonia. It's difficult to distinguish Legionnaire's disease from other types of pneumonia by symptoms alone. Other tests are required for an appropriate diagnosis. Legionellosis is an infection caused by the bacterium Legionella pneumophila. The disease has two distinct forms. Legionnaire's disease, the most severe form of infection that includes as a result of the infection the development of pneumonia, and Pontiac fever, a milder illness. The bacteria that causes Legionnaire's disease thrives where there is a lack of moisture control in air conditioning systems. There are approximately 35 Legionella variations known to produce the disease, which can survive for several months in a wet environment and multiply in the presence of algae and organic matter. In Amco Insurance versus Swagat Group, a 2009 decision of an Illinois court, the issues of liability for the disease were discussed in detail, and depending on the cause found, the applicability of an insurance exclusion. Legionnaire's disease is a direct result of any of the following construction defects. Defective air conditioner materials, including insufficient splash bars, cooling towers, or evaporative con condensers containing legionelle or other market microorganisms, brought in by circulating air or water, or a break between the air conditioning system ducts and those of the cooling tower or evaporative condensers, improper installation of an air conditioner, defective repairs to an air conditioner, existence of standing water in a structure, or a design defect that allows moisture droplets to enter the air conditioning systems of a structure. Outbreaks of legionellosis occur when mists are inhaled from a water source, such as air conditioning cooling towers, whirlpool spas, and showers contaminated with legionella bacteria. Human exposure to these mists can occur in homes, workplaces, hospitals, or public places. The builder and property owner must be careful to prevent the infestation of the bacteria or avoid providing a place where the growth of the bacteria is encouraged. Outbreaks of Legionnaire's disease can in injure many people, so the litigation that results can quickly exhaust insurance 
availability and assets of property owners. For example, in Methodist Hospital of Indiana versus Ray, a 1990 decision from the Indiana Court of Appeal, a patient contracted Legionnaire's disease while hospitalized. Ray claimed that during his hospitalization to have kidney stone removed, the hospital negligently and carelessly caused and permitted its premises to become infested and infected with the deadly Legionella pneumonia bacteria. The court, based on Indiana statutes, refused to allow the case to go forward, although it indicated that discovery might provide facts to establish a basis to maintain a suit. A proposed expert was not allowed to testify because a pulmonologist was not qualified to testify as an expert in premises liability against a landlord regarding the opinion that an unoccupied basement apartment that contained sewage-contaminated water was the source of a tenant's exposure to bacteria that caused Legionnaire's disease. The pulmonologist did not rely on experience in investigating the source of Legionella infection. Knowledge about what had been determined to be the source of other Legionnaire's disease patients' exposures, peer-reviewed journal articles or data from testing at the apartment building, and did not utilize scientific method to conclude that Legionella bacteria were present in the building. Instead, he assumed that the water contained amplified levels of Legionella bacteria and excluded other potential sources. This was decided in Russell v. Call, a 2015 decision of a court in the Atlantic region. Legionella disease, Legionnaire's disease, the sick building syndrome, all are rife with causes of action that bring about multiple litigation, and insurers should be wary of any risk-taking in places where the maintenance of the property is less than adequate. These diseases, when spread among large groups, will cause multiple cases of litigation against the insured and will eventually wipe out the policy limits available. This video was adapted from my book, Construction Defects and Insurance, Volume 2, part of an eight-part treatise on construction defects and insurance, available as both a Kindle book and a paperback from Amazon.com. If you found this video interesting or useful to you or your colleagues, please pass it on. It's free. And please also consider following and or subscribing to my YouTube channel, my Rumble channel, or my blog so that you can be advised of future videos and future blog postings. Thank you for your attention.